Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. It's been a while since I've posted on the In the Deep channel, and I want to just let you know that I'm intending to start back up on the regular basis twice a month. We'll start this uh, broadcast in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, though, I want to let you know that we're going to be doing Zoom sessions online of Dharma Dialogues twice a month across two weekends. There'll be four sessions, and I've timed them so that wherever you are in the world, uh, there will be a time slot that will be quite easy for you. So keep an eye on the website, or you can send us uh, an email in order to join our database, and I'll inform you of those of those sessions. But the first and third weekends of the month, two slots each weekend, we'll be having live Zoom sessions, and we invite you to join. I'm charging 10 bucks per weekend, so for those of you in Australia, for instance, you can theoretically do both sessions for just the one payment, uh, because you'll be able to easily uh, hop onto those time slots. I wanted to talk today about our new ways of life, our new ways of life worldwide. Of course, we're having to be very careful in contacting each other. We're having to be very, very careful physically when we're around other humans. And that has a psychological toll. People are struggling. You know, in other types of disasters and catastrophes, historically, people have banded together. One of the ways that people most endure is through a sense of community, is through a sense of being able to touch each other, hearts and minds, and actually physically touch each other, to give a hug to someone who's struggling, to be together to share a meal, to put your arm around someone as you're walking, arm in arm, link arms, shake hands, all those things, all of those ways that we humans have over time been cozy with each other. And that is not on offer at this moment when we might be most in need of it. So this is one of the ways that our world has, has so changed and to which we're having somewhat of an adjustment. But what to do, right? What to do? The alternative is um, far worse. The alternative, which is go about as we used to, uh, you know, shake hands and talk in each other's faces and laugh and I don't do all those things near each other very close so that our breaths and our, our emissions from our bodies are spreading about, that becomes a risk that actually could, could lead to death or severe illness or long-term illness possibly. Even if you get the disease and recover, it's not exactly clear what recovery means. So, of course, we, we take the path that is least risky but does have with it 
a very big downside. And these are the kinds of, of choices we're making now. These are the kinds of choices on offer for us. And in this, in the face of this, what is there to do but accept? What can you do but accept the truth of it? And then there are considerations about how we've been living, our access to goods, leaving aside the risk you might feel about just going out to shopping areas. You might think twice. Many people still are being very, very careful and should be. But even in that circumstance, one doesn't just sort of go shopping willy-nilly, right? Even if you have the money, you think twice. So there's a natural curtailment of how many goods you think you need. In addition to that, some people are feeling a financial pinch. And I would also say lots of people are feeling that, especially in countries that are not really helping their people, such as in the U.S., minimally giving a one-time meager payment, and then you're on your own. And now middle-class people who are out of work are lining up in long lines of cars just to get a box of food. So financial pinch... Financial stress is also rolling about. Now, that's not even remotely as bad as what's going on in places like India, where migrant workers were suddenly given four hours notice that they were out of work, out of a job, and told to go back to wherever their homes were. Some of those people had to walk for four days with no food and nothing to get back to a place of destitution where there was no food there either, just to get into shelter. And who knows what's going on in those kinds of places of the world? Who knows what's going on in the favelas in Brazil and so on? So as hard as it is in the, in the developed countries, in the first world countries, as hard as it is, and it is for many, many people who are not used to any kind of um, setbacks like this, it's very, very much harder for people who are already marginal, who are already just a day away from having no food. These are also the things that we're having to look at and somehow come to grips with and somehow find some way to hold it that is not sort of psychologically shattering. In other words, we are in, we're on new territory. This is a new way of life. And I think that a lot of people are mistakenly believing that the worst is over. And that, okay, we shut down, we did that. You know, now let's get back to what we were up to before. 
but from my point of view, that is incredibly unrealistic. And of course, time will tell. We'll know very soon. But it's not very likely, in my way of seeing, that we're ever going to go back to the way we were living. We are in for lots of adjustments, lots of letting go, lots of acceptance, and a great need for courage. So I'm just suggesting here, not to scare anybody, but to tune to your own strong, clear freedom of being. Really understand how precious these moments are. Because there are silver linings in this. You each know that the priorities have really snapped into a kind of clarity. That what matters, the love you feel, the taste of just this bite of food. You pour a glass of water and look at the water that you're about to drink, this life-sustaining element. And if you're lucky enough to be in a place where you can just have a glass of water that's a clean water, each one of those you don't take for granted. Shouldn't take it for granted. Attuning to gratitude in all the ways you can throughout your day. Not assuming anything. Not assuming some sort of rosy continuation. Nor do you need to picture it darkly. But to be open, to be completely open to how things are going to unfold, you will be watching. What we can see from the trajectory at the moment, it's looking difficult from where I sit. And I'm in one of the safe countries, but I do watch the news and read the news. And I don't think any place is going to be ultimately spared. For instance, here in Australia, we've been in crisis since last October when our fires in this continent began. And no sooner did those, com- those fires calm down, we went straight into this pandemic. I was noticing, I was driving in my car and on the radio, you know how whenever there's sort of heavy-duty breaking news has a certain sound on the radio, breaking news. And I was driving in, you know, in the early days of the pandemic and hearing all this kind of scary, like almost like an announcement of war or something, and thinking, I've been hearing this on the radio for what seems like months, and I realized it has been months. (laughs) It has been many, many months since last October, and it's now almost June, that the news here has had that quality to it. Now, that said, this has also felt like one of the safer places to be, especially through the pandemic phase. So I feel very, very grateful for that. 
But I don't just assume that this is anywhere near over. It could be that's how we hear the news from here on. Who knows? We live and have always lived in uncertainty. There's no permanent well-being to be found in these shifting sands. And what is painful is when we hold to various pictures that we want. We want those pictures to turn out. We want our plans and our dreams. We want them to be real, to come true. And that's a fair enough desire. But as soon as you see that that is not to be, whatever the dream might have been, however many years you've been practicing the vision of it, or however many mind moments you spent on it, as soon as you realize that it is not to be, it will not be, then the question is how long will you try to hold to it? How long will you suffer the disparity between your wanting of it and it not coming to be? Is it not easier to sit in what is, what actually is, and as gently as you can, let go of those other pictures and find gratitude in what is still here. Find gratitude in all the little things in what is here. That will have to be our sanctuary, as it always was. So this is just a short note of reminder and to tell you to hold steady in your wise place, in your free place that lets go easily and knows exactly what matters here. This has been In The Deep. We'll be posting regular podcasts again on this channel, and I'll be offering live online Zoom sessions twice a month starting the weekend of June 6th and 7th, 2020. Details are on my website, katherineingram.com. Till next time.